Amen. Well, I'm going to look for this cup holder down here. It says it's here. There it is. Praise God. Joe, that's pretty nice, buddy. <laughs> Amen. You know what? We're going to get into the Word of God. How many are excited to hear the Word of God tonight? Amen. I'm going to stir you up just a little bit. Amen. And you know what? I was glad to see that testimony tonight because I believe that that's uh, a good intro to what I'm going to be ministering on this evening. Amen. And if you could put the title up there because uh, uh, let's not take offense. Because we're going to call the title of this message tonight. Okay. Now, I know that there's nobody that gets offensive or, you know, gets their feelings hurt from people in this place. I'm talking about people all around us, okay? People in other cities and other, in our job sites and people in our families, amen? But us, no, we don't get offended by anything, amen? Praise God. Pastor Blake, I know we don't get offended, amen? But, uh, but you know what? It takes a lot of understanding to, to understand how to get through this, amen? To be, be offended and learn how to grow from that and learn how to attack being offended. If you have your Bibles this evening, turn to the book of Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11, verse 22 through 25. And I'm going to read this. We're going to get on with this message. Amen. Now in the morning, let me make sure I'm at the right place. Mark 11, 22, 25. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Wouldn't it be nice if it was just that easy? Have faith in God. Well, glory to God, I have faith in God. Yes, we do have faith in God. But it says, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whosoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Verse 24, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. Now, this is not talking about name it, claim it, amen? I want, to, I want you to understand this is not, not preaching this, uh, this faith that's impossible. I'm talking about understanding what the Word of God says. There's a lot of Christians in this world, they say, well, if you just tell God you want a new car, He'll give you a brand new car, and He'll give you the exact car you want. Sometimes God will give you the car He wants to give you. Sometimes God will do what he wants to do for you and not what you want for you. Amen? You see, you have, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever been offended in your life? I think every one of us would have both hands up. Amen? And uh, if you wonder why I'm acting a little bit strange tonight, I did have a surgery yesterday afternoon. I had uh, on my back here, I had a big lump taken out about the size of a baseball. And uh, so I'm a little bit limpy right here, but it, it's going to be all right. I just didn't want you to think there's something wrong with me or I'm on drugs or something. I'm not. Amen? I promise you, I'm not on anything, amen? I'm just uh, miserable from not being able to sleep very good on that side, amen? But tonight's going to be better. Hallelujah, amen? But you know, if you've ever been offended, to be offended is like a spiritual hangnail that keeps us from loving people, amen? It's like a spiritual hangnail that will keep you from loving somebody else. See, those little hangnails that we have or those little tiny hangnails that you and I get in our lives, let me tell you something. We don't, we don't really pay any attention to them, but they're there and they're a nuisance. How many can say amen to that? Those hangnails eventually become bigger problems in our lives. Amen? If you don't take a hangnail and you don't fix it, you know, these cuticles, whatever they're called, you ladies are real good at taking care of them, amen? spending your husband's money. But anyways, uh, if you don't take care of that hangnail, you're going to end up with a bigger problem eventually. Amen? 
And those problems are not fun, I promise you that, amen? So then these problems affect our relationship with God. They begin to affect our entire life. They affect our prayers, and they begin to affect, affect our worship to God. Amen? You get something down in your crawl, guess what happens? Now you can't come to church and lift your hands up and praise God. Now you see someone else was blessed, and now you wonder, well, God, why aren't you blessing me? Because I'm faithful, Lord. Because I've done my time. I've put in my efforts. Lord, why aren't you blessing me? It's real easy for somebody to say, why in the world are you not blessing these people or, or blessing me? You know, one of the things about my wife and I, listen, we've, we've just worked hard all of our lives. We understand business. We understand 26 years of business. And I'm telling you something, we don't know any other way. If I had to go get a job tomorrow, I, I, I promise you I would probably go get a job at a fast food restaurant flipping burgers so I can talk to everybody and just make a fool of myself in a restaurant somewhere. Because I would not know what to do working for someone. But I guarantee you, if you're not working at your best uh, under God, you better watch out because one day I might come and take your job from you. Amen? That's the truth because let me tell you something. I'm confident in who I am with God. I'm not bragging. I'm not up here telling you that I'm the richest man in the world because I'm not. Amen? But I'll tell you what, I've been a good steward with what God has given to me. And when you're a good steward with what God has given you, it doesn't matter if it's a dollar tithe or a $1,000 tithe or $10,000 tithe or a 100000 Come on, Lord, bring it on us. Hallelujah. A million-dollar tithe. How would you like to put a million dollars in the plate? I said, how would you like to? Let me talk to you all over here. How would you like to put a million dollars in the plate? Yeah? Hey. That's what I'm talking about, those prayers. God, you bless me, Lord. I'm going to bless you. Hallelujah. I'm going to give it to you. It's like the old farmer. He was waiting for rain. He said, man, we're in a drought. I don't have any crops. My cotton crop is going is gonna, to, we're going to lose money. He's in there complaining to his wife, and she said, honey, let me ask you a question. He wasn't a churchgoer, you know. He says, honey, she says, honey, let me ask you a question. If God brought the rain, would you give your tithe on this crop? He said, you better believe it. You know, because when you're desperate, oh, man, you do just about anything for God. She said, well, you give your tithe if God sends the rain because they were in a drought. They hadn't seen any drop of water for a long time. And he, she, he said, you better believe it. I will give my tithe to the Lord. He said, I'll march right down to that pastor's house, and I'll make sure I get my tithe right away. Boom, he turned around and his wife was gone. They were, she was praying. She got on the phone. She called her pastor. She called a couple people in the church. She said, let's pray. Oh, we're going to get a hold of God. See, this is the prayer we're talking about here, amen. This is the worship that I'm talking about tonight, amen. I'm not talking about this little Catholic. If I could get down on one knee, I would, but I can't do it because my knees hurt, amen. But I'm telling you what, they get down on one knee and back touch the other one and get up and they're done praying, amen. Come on now, yeah. Not only was that a Catholic prayer, but it sounds Catholic in this place, amen? Come on, we need to wake up a little bit tonight, amen? Listen, we're talking about a Holy Ghost prayer where we say, God, you know what, Lord, we want to bless your kingdom. And when you say, God, I want to bless your kingdom, God says, I'm going to do something different here. I'm going to do things my way, not his way, but I'm going to show him how I work. Amen? That's what God does. So it affects all these things, our relationship with God, and, and, and affects our prayers and our worship. And it's, it's all because we don't deal with the little stuff that is going on in our life. We think it's no big deal. We say, oh, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. 
you offended me. I didn't offend you. You are the one who offended me. Bad news for you. We need to work on not being offended. I said we need to work on not being offended. And you know what? During this pandemic, we've all had a reason to not be offended, right? And he walks up to one of our clients, and the guy puts his hand out to, or a lady, I don't know if it's a guy or a lady, but puts her hand out to shake his hand, and he's like, no, ma'am, you to shake your hand. Woo! You know, it'd be real easy for that woman to say, you know what? You're going to go ahead and just get out of here. I'm not hiring you guys. I went to shake your hand. You embarrassed me. That would be kind of embarrassing. You know, you go to the grocery store and everybody's standing there waiting for you to move out of their way. And I mean, it's like some kind of a Tetris game or something. Everybody's trying to get in and get out. Everybody's, you know, like Dig Dug, you know. Everybody's just making a fool of themselves. Let me tell you something. Get in that grocery store and get your groceries. Hallelujah. You know what I tell them? Ma'am, go ahead and get in there and grab it. Because if you don't grab it, I'm grabbing it. Go over to God because, you know, they're buying everything up. Amen? But it's so easy for us to get offended. It doesn't matter if you did try to offend me, and even if you did that on purpose, even if you meant to do it to me, amen? I have to be responsible. And I have to not take it as an offense. I have to understand that maybe somebody has a hard time with me. Maybe someone doesn't like you. Maybe, you know what? Listen, I've pastored enough churches to know that not everybody in your church is going to like you. I walk in here. You know, I'm a confident person. I, honestly, I'm just going to say it. I hope I'm online here, but I don't give a rip who likes me or who don't like me. Because I'm going to preach the word of God, and I'm going to live my life for Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm going to raise my kids. You say, well, you better not be strong with them. No, you better believe I am going to be strong with them. Amen. I'm not going to waver. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell them the truth, and I don't care if I offend them. Amen. Because they do know I love them. You see, what happens is that we blame what we feel on everybody else. We begin to blame what we are feeling in our own life on everybody else around us. It was my mama's fault. It was my daddy's fault. It was the way I was raised. It's who I am. Don't you ever get sick and tired of hearing that? Listen, every one of us in this place, we could have been a statistic to be in prison or dead today, amen? We've been through some stuff. We've been through some hardcore stuff. Matter of fact, matter of fact, all of my family members, my cousins from from my age down are, are in prison. There's just a couple of them that aren't. And you know why? It's because they chose the life to go live for the devil. But I chose to live for God. Amen? And they don't want me around them. Hallelujah. And I hope they're watching me because I don't care if they want me around them or not. I'm going to tell them about Jesus. They're going to know that there's something different about me. Hallelujah. And I'm going to offend them with the word of God. Amen? Now that's not to offend them, to hurt them. That's not to offend them, to make fun of them, or, or to belittle them, or make them feel dirty or rotten. No, it's to help them, encourage them. Listen, if you want to live, hop on over into my boat. Just don't get into Paul and Brenda's boat, amen? If you want to live, amen. Praise God. You know, there's examples in our lives that we live, and we get to see our pastor, how he lives his life. I've known Pastor since, uh, you know, for many years when he was starting out in ministry, after when he had his children's ministry. I knew him then. I knew his heart then. I'd seen his struggles. I'd seen his efforts. Uh, I'd seen his love for people. 
And that love has never changed. But you know what? It's so crazy. There's always somebody that's going to say, well, I can't believe him. He just sits in that nice truck of his. Do you know how long it took our pastor to get a nice truck? I can remember every time I'd come in and preach, we would sit down in a restaurant somewhere. He would pull out the books, and I would sit there and try to encourage him, and we'd just go over some numbers and, and just be friends. We would just talk. I said, don't you worry. God is going to bring it. Oh, don't you worry. It's coming. God has got you in training. He's got you in preparation. Amen. But I'll tell you, the flood, the gates are going to open up, and his blessing is going to come upon you. Glory to God. And let me tell you something. We are seeing that now in this church. Amen. And I want to say it's because of your faithfulness. It's because of your love of Jesus Christ, amen? It's because you understand who God is and you want to serve him and you're making sacrifices to do that, amen? Listen, I see a lot of young kids in this church. And I'm going to tell you the truth. Some of you kids, including my own, you're spiritually dead. Amen. I'm just going to tell you the truth. I mean, we're praising God and you're standing there looking around, you know, looking to see if there's any new pretty girls in the church. But I got news for you tonight. When we come into the house of God, we need to offend, you know, the, the, the devils who we need to offend. Amen? We need to get a hold of God and say, Lord, without you, I cannot do this. Listen, I don't know where my notes are right now, and I don't know what God's saying to me, but I'm going to preach this, and I'm going to let the Holy Ghost move. Amen? Because our next revival is in our young people. We can only be an example for so long. We can only do right for so long for our children. But there comes a day when they're going to have to rise up and they're going to have to make a decision that I'm going to serve God. I'm going to judo chop the devil. I'm going to kick him in his teeth because I'm sick and tired of him pushing me around. Amen? Anybody sick and tired of the devil in this place? Hallelujah. You see, we say, of course, I'm offended, but it was you who offended me. You say, I don't need to change. Ain't nothing wrong with me. I don't, there's nothing in me that has to be different. You need to change. You're the one that has to change. See, why can't we be more like Jesus? I want to ask you that. Why can't we be more like Jesus in the Bible? You know what? They rejected him. Jesus was rejected. Uh, they denied Jesus. Uh, we know that they abused him, uh, and they, they went to sleep on Jesus when he asked them to pray. <laughs> Amen. It got quiet in here. I said when he, when he asked them to pray. They fell asleep. I said the disciples fell asleep. The most important men in Jesus' lives, in his life, they fell asleep when he sent them to pray. Guess what happened? Jesus kept on keeping on. Jesus kept on doing what he did. You know what, Jesus, uh, oh, but if he can calm the storm, uh, oh, if he can move the mountain, oh, he says, oh, don't you worry. I'm going to walk down. Uh, it's like that father that's confident. Uh, oh, I tell you, we had a new convert family over this past week, and, and uh, you know, the devil's real. Let me tell you what the devil will do. Lakeisha, what's her name? Lakasha. Amen. Glory to God. We had her and her four kids over. And her husband's working out of town right now. He's at the National Guard. You all met them on Sunday. They came Sunday. Uh, we, were, we were fellowshipping on Memorial Day at the house. And let me tell you how the devil is. We talk. I'm talking all day long. We sat there till 10, 1030 at night. And you know that's past my bedtime. We try to let these good folk go to bed. Amen. We was trying to get up and go. 
And I'm telling you something, but the Holy Ghost was moving. We were just getting to know each other. It was powerful. It was awesome. She, she leaves the house. She gets home, and she texts us and says, my door is wide open, and all my lights are on in my house. She said the police are on their way. Well, you all know what that means. If you're from the hood, you know exactly what that is. Amen? I've been in the hood, okay? I know what I'm talking about. Police get there. They go in, check the house out. But you know what that does is that puts a spirit of fear in somebody. You know what? Their dogs had gotten out. Guess what? She was worried about her dogs. If I lost my dogs, my wife, man, she'd rather them dogs sleep in the house than me. That she loves her dogs. Just like Brendan. I know you. I'm just kidding, honey. I know you wouldn't kick me out for the dogs. You'd at least let me sleep out in their cage. Amen. Hallelujah. She loves her dogs. Amen. And I love that she loves her dogs. Amen. She sends a picture of her dogs. You know, somebody posted on Facebook. She found her dogs. I mean, it was like this. So not only did the devil steal her joy, but now all of a sudden, God manifests his power in that woman's life. And she found those animals. She, her house was fine. She was supposed to be here tonight, but she just got a call saying that her vehicle was, is, is in transport from, from Alaska, and so she had to be there to pick it up. Amen? But let me tell you something. She's excited. She loves this church. There's a spirit of God in this church, amen? Listen, there's not a spirit of offense in this place. Amen? Listen to this. See, these things did not affect Jesus because he knew where he came from. Jesus knew who he was. And not only did he know who he was, but he knew where he was going. And I want to ask you tonight, do you know where you're going? I'm not talking about heaven or hell, but I'm talking about in what direction are you headed today? Do you know which direction you're going? Do you know if you are going to be successful in life? Not because you have the greatest job in the world, but no. But because you have decided that no matter what people say, you know where you came from, you know who you are, and you know where you're going. Hallelujah with God. Amen? See, when you and I can learn this very thing, that's when the devil's defeated. Amen? I said that's when the devil's defeated, when we can learn who we are in Jesus Christ. Amen? Know who we are in Christ. That is the most important thing that we can ever know. Know who you are in Jesus Christ. You know, it's amazing to me. You ask somebody, who are you in Jesus? Who are you in Jesus Christ? In the kingdom of God, who are you? I really haven't thought of that. You haven't thought of that? Let me tell you something. I am a born-again, Holy Ghost-filled, sanctified, set free, glory to God. Once I was a sinner, but Jesus set me free. Hallelujah. Once I was a drug addict, but Jesus set me free. Once I was a womanizer, but Jesus set me free. Once I was a loser. Once I was a liar. Once I was ugly, but now I have been found. Glory to God. Amen. Praise God. See, I'm married now, so I can be ugly as ugly can get. It don't matter. I'm just kidding, honey. Praise God. I know I get off on these things and I forget where I'm at. So we need to know who we are in Christ, amen? We need to know exactly who we are in Christ. I found a quote. This quote says, your value should not be determined by how someone else has treated you. Amen? I said, your value should not be determined by how someone else has treated you. That means the way you were raised, maybe you never heard that you were beautiful. Maybe you never heard that you were awesome, that you were funny. Maybe you never heard these things. But let me tell you something. Don't let what someone else says about you determine who you, who you are in your future. Amen? Praise God. See, in our text, we read how our prayers can be effective. 
Those prayers can be effective. And if we are going to pray, pray prayers that are going to be answered by God. Amen. Let's not pray these lazy prayers. Ask God to change your heart. Don't be a complainer. You ever feel like you pray and you just complain and complain to God? Lord, I don't have no food. When are you going to give me some food, Lord? I can't pay my bills. God, when are you going to bless my finances? Oh, God, my children, when are you going to do this, God? You know, that's a complaining spirit. I'm telling you, the greatest joy in the world is I was driving to church tonight and I saw your daughter. She's next to me honking. She's just honking at me. She just waves at us. That's the greatest thing in the world. Let me tell you something. We don't have to, uh, we, we need to understand uh, that there's reasons uh, why we're here tonight, amen? We are here to lift one another up. Uh, we're here to encourage one another. Our prayer should not be, Lord, deal with that person that's going through all these problems. Lord, save that person that's so wicked. No, that's not, that's not what we're praying. We're saying, God, I pray for her, Lord. Matter of fact, when Whitney drove by, Whitney, is that Whitney, right? When she drove by, I said, Lord, bless her. I just felt in my spirit. I said, Lord, bless her. Lord, just touch her life, God. Help her, Lord Jesus. And I wish I could have rolled my window down real fast or sped up, but you know that ain't happening for me. But I wanted to just say, hey, we got, we're going to church. Come on, we'll, we'll, we'll follow you there. But guess what? She's coming. She's coming. Your child is coming. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen, your situation is going to be healed. God is going to touch your situation tonight. Uh, let me tell you something. It's not over. It's just getting started. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord praise tonight. Amen. Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance, and in everything, by power and petition with thanksgiving, continue to mark to make your wants known to God. Bless my marriage, God. Bless my home. Lord, bless my children. Lord, bless my finances. God, we're faithful to you, Lord. We love you, and this is how we love you, God. Oh, I'm telling you tonight, you cannot outgive God. Amen? God has so much money. He owns all the cattle on a thousand hills, the Bible says. And I'm telling you something, just do it. Glory to God. Amen? Mark 11, 22 through 25. It said, you know, we need to start thanking God. You can, you can read the, the text later in, in your time. Go over it. Mark eleven twenty five. 25, it says, And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive. Let it go. You know how to forgive? You know how to let it go? Hard to do, isn't it? Maybe someone in your family has offended you, and that person in the church who said something about you, and I'm, like I said, not this church, but the church you used to go to, amen? Maybe someone said something to them, and it hurts your feelings, and it, it hurts, and you just let it creep in and, and just deal with you. You need to let it go. You need to let it go. You need to release it and just say, you know what, I'm not going to live with this. What we need to do is be able to walk away from someone when we are offended. You need to be able to just walk away. Instead of just plotting, you know what, next time they say that to me, I'm just going to blow up and I'm going to lose my mind and I'm just going to tell them off because who are they? Every one of us has done that. We get home and we're like, oh man, I can't believe what so-and-so said to me. It's like they're just picking on me. It's like they just keep coming to me. And it's just like they don't care about me or love me. Next time, I'm going to get them. Yeah? But we need to learn to walk away. We need to learn, grow up, and walk away. 
and let God do what God's going to do. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, don't live in offense. Don't be offended all the time. I want to look at the life of David for just a minute. You know, we know David here, he had, uh, he was just, just this little shepherd boy. Kristen, come up when you want me to stop, okay? Because I'm, 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 I'm all over the place right now, but I, I, I feel the Holy Ghost is dealing with some people tonight. But I'm going to tell you this. David, I, I think of David, here he is, this little shepherd boy. He's the youngest of these brothers, and here he is. Uh, he became king. David, he had many opportunities to be offended. Think about, the, think about those things that he went through. Here, here in the Bible, in 1 Samuel chapter 16, I'm not going to read this for the sake of time, but, but chapter 16, verse 6 through 12. You can read it on your own tonight. I'm going to paraphrase. You know, here he has seven brothers that passed before him. They were going to call a king, and he called one brother, called the next, called all these different brothers, and seven of his brothers passed before him. Surely it would be Eliab. Eliab, however you say his name. Surely it's going to be him. He's the oldest. Nope, not the right one. Nope, not him. Surely it would be Abinadab. How many would like a name like that? Nope, not the right one. Surely it's going to be Shammah. Nope, not him either. Just going right down the list. Oh, no, no, no. Seven brothers passed before him. Seven of them. Prophet says, he says, none of these men are the right men. He said, don't you have any other children? Isn't there anybody else that you have? He said, well, there's this little David. He's this little shepherd boy. He's out in the field tending the sheep. He's out there working. He's out there doing his job. He loves it. He takes pride in what he's doing. It's a serious thing for him. And there he is. He's out there working. They didn't even bring David to be consent. But he was a I bet it hurt him. Who are they? They're going to call on my brothers. My brothers are mean. My brothers are ugly. My brothers treat me bad. And here I am. I'm faithful. I've been faithful from the start. I know what I'm doing. I love God. And I did I mean, he, everything he could say. But they looked over him. You can imagine how he's thinking to himself. Oh, how offended we get when we're not even considered when we're not even considered a child. We say, no one considered my feelings. Nobody invited us. Nobody cares about us. You ever been there? Man? I mean, you know, these are hurts that everybody has. We were not included. No one cared to ask how I felt. No one even knows what I'm going through, but oh, they want to bring discipline and correction. That's the number one thing we hear in church as pastors. Oh, pastor wants to bring me, bring discipline to me, but he doesn't even know what I'm really going through. Yeah, he knows you're being a big baby. That's what he knows. Do it. Call the ambulance. That's right. But the truth of the matter is this. We need to understand that that spirit of offense can destroy our life. David had an opportunity to just throw his whole life away by being offended. He could have just done, you know, uh, you know it, it, no one cared how he felt. No one cared anything about him. From the beginning, before he received any anointing, David, he had a test. He had a test. And it was David who was anointed king by the prophet. It was not his brothers. It was David. 
David was the one who was blessed. I'm telling you what, it's the one that is down here doing what he's supposed to be doing. It's the one that takes correction, the one that the pastor can disciple, hallelujah, but not just the pastor, but the leaders in the church can speak into your life. Amen? I've got guys in this church that I'm, I'm, I'm on a, I, I disciple a lot. And I love it. I mean, it's natural to me because I love you like, like my son. You, you, those of you who I'm talking to, you know who you are. But listen, Pastor, he's poured his heart out for years in this church. And I want to tell you the truth. When you get it from us, you're going to get the truth. Now, we're going to love you. We're going to encourage you. We're going to lift you up. As a matter of fact, we might even throw you over our back once in a while. But let me tell you something. When that spirit of offense comes upon you, listen, we're going to be strong. We're going to preach the word. Because let me tell you something. There is no place for that spirit in the house of the Lord. Amen? Praise God. So David, here he is. He's anointed to be king in front of his brothers. You can only imagine what was going on in these men's minds. These older brothers, I can think, you know, we need to understand that, you know, God doesn't see like you and I see. God doesn't see like man sees. God sees things his own way, man. He sees the heart. He sees the heart of man. So we think, well, God's going to see what I'm doing. No, God don't care about your work. God cares about your heart. Now, that doesn't mean our work's not important. It is very important, amen. But God, he sees the heart, and he wants to help us in that area. Hallelujah, amen. But we need to understand that God doesn't, he doesn't see the way you and I see. He has a different way to see our situation. And it's through our heart, how, how big our heart is. How we can say, you know what, I'm not going to let that bother me. I'm going to get up and I'm going to do something about it. When pastor says, you know what, I'd like to see you in prayer. Because, you know, your battleground, I have to. There's a lot of people in the church, in this church right here, that ask, you know, why is it so important to go to an altar? Well, I'll be honest with you. You're leaving something right here with God. When you come to that altar and you leave it, you pray, and you, and you just talk to God, you say, well, you only prayed for two minutes down there. You better believe it. I gave it to God. I gave my situation to God. I didn't go down there to complain. I didn't go down there to just pray empty prayers. I went down there for a very specific thing in my life that I wanted to just leave at the altar. Amen? I want to get up and I want to walk away and I want to know that that is gone. And if somebody hurt me, I want to leave it there and I'm going to just go and do what I got to do because I'm going to go win them and I'm going to love them and I'm going to kill them with kindness. Hallelujah. Amen? Because that's what God has called us to do. You see, David, here he's this young man, here he's anointed king, and God begins to use this man in 1 Samuel 17, 23 through 54. I'm already losing my voice. But here, the very next chapter, David wanted to go see this battle with Goliath. You know, here David, here's these, here's this young man, he sees all these men going after Goliath, and no one can conquer this giant. But David knew who he was in God. David was a man after God's own heart. David had the strength of a lion. He had the strength of a bear. He had the attitude. I'm telling you what, he didn't care. He was going to defeat that giant. And here David is, he's wanting to get there. Could not figure out why any of these soldiers were offering to fight. He got it. He had the confidence that God was with him. But not only did he have the confidence that God was with him, he had the confidence that God was going to fight with him. And God was going to win that battle, amen? You see, many times we go through life and we forget that, you know, God is actually fighting before us. 
You might be dealing with depression. You might be dealing with anxiety or loneliness. Let me tell you something about depression. Depression is not even depression. Woo, don't shout me down. It's a demon. I said it's a demon. Amen? And that demon will control your life until you take authority over it. And that's what I'm talking about tonight. Let me tell you something. David, he went up against this giant. He says, you know what? There's no weapon formed against me that will prosper. Hallelujah. He says, I'm going in. He says, I don't care who's already been there. He says, but I'm going in the name of Jesus. I'm going in the power of the Lord. I'm going in there, and I'm going to win the battle because God is going to be fighting the battle with me. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, he went to see this battle, and his brother... His brother Eliab says to him, but with whom have you left your sheep? <laughs> so here he is. He's dealing with all this. Now all of a sudden, he's not, now he's getting powerful. You know, he's, he's being used, and God's beginning to do things with him. And now his brothers are going to throw back in his face just to offend him. You know, that's the way it works. You, you start to climb the ladder, right? Get a nice paycheck. Yeah. Here comes the devil. Whew. He's going to send that one person that you just can't stand. The devil's going to send him over to you. This old boy, this old girl's going to walk up to you. They're going to offend you. Hey, little boy, shouldn't you be out there tending the sheep? Huh? Little boy, let me wipe your face for you. No. You're not qualified to do this. I got news for you. Are, we, are any of us in this place qualified? Are we qualified to be who we want to be? Let me tell you something. Only God can qualify us to do what he wants us to do. I said only God can give us the ability to do what God wants to do in our life. Amen. Listen, we all fall short of the glory of God. We have all made mistakes. We are all sinners saved by grace. Hallelujah. But I got news for you tonight. God wants to do a miracle in your life. God wants to resurrect you. God wants to bring you out of that miry clay. He wants to bring you out of that state of confusion that you're in tonight. Let me tell you something. You can come out. You can come out. You don't have to battle these things that you're battling in your life. You say, well, I read my Bible. Listen, I know, I know a guy who reads, I know people that read their Bible 10 hours a day. Yeah. Guess what? They're no more saved than you are. I know people who pray 10 hours a day. Ten hours of praying and ten hours of reading. Ain't a whole lot of time left for anything, is it? Oh, they're saved. Man, they read their word a lot. Man, they're they praying to God a lot. But you know what? They're praying to... I don't know if they are, but I'll tell you what. You could be praying a spirit of confusion over your life. Now, I'm not saying when you pray and you just pray and you're desperate and you're praying and praying and praying that you're confusing God. That's not going to happen. But what you're doing is you're, you're taking the power from God. Let me tell you, it's all through the blood of Jesus Christ. It's because of his blood that was shed on Calvary's cross that we are free today, that we are set free. Let me tell you something. Don't let anybody offend you and send you to hell. Amen? let anybody hurt your little feelings and send you the wrong direction in life. Let me tell you something. You need to learn how to walk away. 
You say, why are you preaching to us like this, Pastor? I'll tell you why. Because we need it. We need it. We need to understand that in every single day of our lives, we get offended. In every single day of, day of our lives, we carry this grudge or we have this little thing inside of our heart that we have a hard time getting rid of. It's the thought. And how many know that the thought is the most dangerous thing? You say, well, I'm not sinning. I'm just thinking about it. Well, then you've already done it. Uh, oh, really? Well, I just might as well go all out. Well, if that's what you want to do, then hey, I'm turning to Jesus. I'm not going to let, I'm not going to hell over a mystery. Amen? And I'm going to choose my battles. And I'm going to live for God. Listen, I've, I've seen some powerful prayers. I've seen couples get together. I'll tell you a family that I really love to hear pray in the prayer room. And that's Casey and his wife right here. Where's Casey? He's out there with servant. Amen. He grabs his wife by her hand and they pray a prayer together. He starts it off. You might have to kickstart her. Amen. Come on. I'm just teasing. Yeah, I can tease them. They know I love them. But they hold hands and they worship and they pray to God. Simple prayer. Lord, <laughs> how are we going to do this this week, Lord? Oh, Lord God, I'm miserable right now, but God, I'm so happy to serve you. Lord, if I didn't have you, I would be lonely. Lord, if I didn't have you, I would be hurting. God, if I didn't have you, if I couldn't feel your presence in my life, I would be miserable. Listen, you don't have to be miserable today. you got to get the sin out of your life. Matter of fact, I'm going to give everybody just a little hint. You see this phone right here? This is a demon. It's a demon. Because if I asked you all right now to open up your phone and show me where you've been, you'd be like, oh, no, I've just been on my email and on my text. That's all I do. Your erase finger works really good. Amen? Your erase finger works really good. And you might be able to hide from your husband. You might be able to hide from your wife. And you might be able to hide from your parents, your mother, your father. You might be able to hide from your grandmother. You might be able to hide from your neighbor, from your friends. But let me tell you something, you cannot hide from God. Come on, give him a shout of praise. And I'm not saying this to condemn you tonight. I'm giving you a warning from the Holy Ghost. You say, well, I've already done it. I might as well. No, no, no. You need to stop. Because it will destroy your life. I said it will destroy your life. Now, I'm not talking about just Facebook and just Instagram. Uh, Instagram and what a couple of the others. But I'm not just talking about the system. But I'm talking about where you go and what you do and what you look at. But more than that, what you like. What's feeding your soul. Do you know that a pervert, you can see a pervert a mile away? I'm telling you what, you look in the man's eyes, men are, men are looking down. I'll close my eyes so you don't think I'm looking at you. But my God doesn't say we'll never sin. But we have to stop sin. Sin is, it's real. It's real. But we need to repent of our 
mercy. And we need to live, move forward and live our life for God. Amen. I know I was all over the place. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes in reverence to the Lord this evening. Amen. I have so much more to say, but I'm done. Amen. Praise God. God is so good. I want you to have an opportunity tonight to surrender. Surrender to the Lord. Now I'm going to tell you something. I've never seen a case, you know, this is in my own life, I've never seen a case as bad as my mother's when she was a young lady and what I saw God pull her through. What I saw God bring my mother out of. Let me tell you something. My mother never went back, not even one time, to the sin that was in her life. Never, not one time. That preacher was standing up at that pulpit. He looked at her. He said, young lady, look at me. She looked up at him. She said, you need to turn away and don't ever go back. And she never went back. That's how you make it today. Let me tell you something. There's preachers. There's evangelists. There's Holy Ghost-filled people in this place. There are women in this place you can lead. I'm telling you what, lead women to the throne of God. Hallelujah. I'm telling you the truth. God can use you, but we have to get ourselves to the place where God can use us. We have to get the sin out of our life. All over this place before I go any farther want to make a call. You're here in this place tonight. You say, I'm not saved. Pastor, please pray for me. Just lift your hand up. Put it up and put it right back down. You say, I'm not saved. I'm not right with God. I've got sin in my life. I want to repent and get right with God tonight. If that's you, come on. Put your hand up. Put it up. Put it right back down. I don't care if you've been in church for 15, 20 years. I don't care if you were raised in church. If you've got sin in your life and you want to repent, put your hand up right now and God's going to save you and deliver you. Amen. Come on. Put them up. I see these hands. Come on, don't hesitate. Praise God. I feel the Lord tugging at hearts tonight. I see these hands. Oh, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let me tell you something. I'm going to be bold with you. I'm going to tell you the truth because I love you. I want to see you make heaven your home. I don't want to see you go to hell. You say, Pastor, don't scare me with that word hell. Listen, it's real. <laughs> we die, we're going to live forever. You're either going to heaven and living forever with God or you're going to burn in that lake of fire. Forever. And I'm just saying it like it is tonight. There were many hands that went up. Anybody else you want to join? Just lift your hand up. If you raise your hand, I want you to stand up. Everybody's head still bowed, please. Just stand up and come forward. I want to pray for you. Come on. Come on. I saw another hand. Come on. It's okay. It's the best decision you'll ever make. You all three just to stand right here for just a moment. And I want to make another call. I feel it in my spirit. I feel it in my spirit tonight. That there's someone in this place tonight. Oh, thank you. You're battling depression very heavily where the devil is just lying and lying and lying to you, telling you you're worthless. And, and I, I feel like there's more than one. 
I feel like there's more than one. I want you to be honest tonight. Listen, it doesn't matter who sees you. It doesn't matter who's around you. I want you to stand up to your feet right now, and I want you to come down here. I feel it. Come on. Don't, don't hesitate. This is your opportunity right now. Come on. Come on. I know. I know. There's another. Come on. Who are you? I know it. I feel it in my spirit. Don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. Workers, stay where you're at for just a moment. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray very specific with this. And, and we're going we're gonna to break the we're going to break these chains tonight. Now, if you don't want to be delivered, there's one more here tonight. I know it. I, I feel it in my spirit. There's one more. But if you don't want to come up and get this deliverance tonight, then it's okay. That's your choice. Who is it? Come on. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. church stand up to your feet and just begin to pray from your seat just right where you amen amen I know it I know it I know it thank you Jesus oh Jesus you're mighty God church just put your hands towards these Lord we ask you to touch them all right now Lord at times we feel unworthy God we feel Lord God that we are inadequate but Lord right now I pray God I pray an anointing. I pray a a hedge of protection upon every one of these lives right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, you're at this altar. I want you to lift your voice up. Come on, I want you to act like you're getting robbed at the 7-Eleven grocery store. I want you to talk to God like like like, like the cops are coming after you. Oh, Lord, save me tonight. Set me free. I break this chain. I take authority over this demon. I call on the gates of heaven right now. Lord, we ask you to move. We ask you to deliver right now, Lord. Save these souls, God, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. If I can get a leader to come down with each, each person. Come on. Pick one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. And I want you to pray. Pray a Holy Ghost prayer. Come on, get in here. Hey, Paul, come here. Rowdy, come here, please. Lay hands on him. Jeff, come here. I want you to lay hands on him. Brother, come on. Lay, lay hands on him. Right, right here. Yes. Yes, hallelujah. Brian, come on down here. Oh, oh, oh. Shalabase. Oh, teleboye. Brother, this is it right now. This is the moment. You're not going to be the same ever again. In the name of Jesus, Lord, touch this man. God, deliver him. Set him free. Break every bondage right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Touch him, Lord. Lord, deliver him. Lord, he surrendered to you. Say, I surrender. I surrender in Jesus' name. I let it go. I forgive right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Come on, shout it out. Tell him, tell him. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 